Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, everybody. We are coming at you from Event Brew once again. There is three of us, not four. Soon you will find out who is not here by the vocal range of the people speaking today. So this is Nick Morelli from All Seated. I see here some deep voices coming up next, like... It's Will Curran! <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I just figured out totally trope, trope on Alvin, it. Simon, Will Curran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Will Curran from Endless Events here. Dustin from One West Events here in Canada. Tui's not here, uh, I assume, because she's uh, getting her work on. Like, uh, She's crushing it. Like hmm. m- many more people in our generation should be doing. They should be working hard all the time. So I don't have to. Tui has one of those lives that I watch online where I'm just like, it's you're like, not a real person. Like, I agree. This is not real. It's so like, I'm like, uh, do you really go to the beach like that? Do you, do you have like these different wardrobes and like all of your friends happen to be like model-esque? And yeah. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio and like everything that comes with that just may as well just say Cleveland on it. <laughs> yeah. I wear the same three shirts every day and she has, <laughs> yeah. she, has By design. <laughs> she has three costume changes in an hour. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I assume that I, I definitely own a lot more clothes from Target than she does uh, by a factor of. Oh, you know, I she's have. got some so big wait, does floppy this happen sun Every hats. time someone's not on the show, you guys just talk about them. Like, 100%. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, if you listen to the show, you would know the answer to that. <laughs> I'm on almost every episode. I think I've that only missed true. like maybe three or four. That's true. I've been mm. slacking off lately. I know. Yeah, you're, I think if, if we were to, whoever's keeping track of uh, who's on those, I'm sure someone definitely is. Uh, let us know what the what the numbers are right now. But uh, as the show goes, uh, we talk about what we're drinking first. I'm sure that's probably the highlight, and that's why people really tune in. I, and then they, as soon as I they bet you. I bet you people listen Fast to forward. the show, and they're like, why the fuck do they keep doing this? It's yeah, so like, boring. That's and the thing. I want you all to know, in Nick and Mai's defense, this is 100% a will thing, and we tried to ditch it. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to ditch it early on, and Will's like, no, it's what makes it interesting and personal. No, I, well, okay, not the only reason why, but I, I think it's I, it's fun. It adds to the theme, you know? And, and people, the, also, the people think they're really smart because they can hit the, like, 15, you know, 15, 15, 15 on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. To, to fast forward. Yeah. yeah. yeah or, so. or if they're even smarter, they're using a podcast app that you have it record set to auto skip for every podcast, like, a certain amount of time. Do you know, like, po- like Pocket Cast does this. You can say, like, if oh, you know really? the intro is always a minute long, you can set it to skip always the first minute of the podcast. Ooh. Hmm. I would do the first, like, 12 or 13 minutes of every uh, Mark, Mark <laughs> Marin. No, like Mark Marin WTF is uh, is pretty like it's the first fifteen minutes is just like what he's doing that week and I'm like yeah I don't care get to the interview. Well, <laughs> I folks, gonna say endless, the, we're making the, this the longer than it needs to be. If you don't want to listen to what we have to talk about, you can pay for the content. So 
Sign there up for is. our Patreon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my OnlyFans is uh, link is in the bio. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, I'm drinking coffee, guys. Uh, <gasps> what? I'm on uh, hour thirteen of working today, and uh, I'm uh, I as, need it as an event prof does. I guess. I mean, I looking at spreadsheets and talking to people in different countries about uh, lead generation and stuff like that. So as much as I'm nice. an event professional at this point, as a, as a marketing prof does. Yeah, I, I guess the events are in the in the mix. Certainly, I'm definitely talking about last week's event uh, conference that we were part of. And uh, but yeah, coffee is uh, is my Monday morning jam with a lot of my team. Uh, their first day of the week is Sunday work day, uh, so I come in on Monday um, because that's the case in Israel. I come in on Monday and uh, they're they're already like, so you ready to go? Ready to go? Ready to go? Because we've been working for the last day. And uh, my Monday hits hard fast, and then I have to kind of be like, "Oh, great! Seven different directions at once," uh, on top of what Monday normally is. So it's uh, what it's, kind of coffee are you drinking? You know, it's uh, there's Folgers in Folgers. My I knew it. I drink the the, the yeah. whatever I can get at a gas station. I really and just, just black. Buy, Don't buy it at uh, gas station. No, 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 no. Not just not just black, but um, not just not just dumb coffee that anyone can buy anywhere. Uh, but I throw in the most ridiculous creamers very frequently. Right. Oh, that's this right. Is... The creamers. The creamers. The creamers. Yeah, I have M&M's. Uh... Is that the one you're drinking right now? M&M's creamer? Yeah. Oh, I have to keep it away from my kids because they're like, because, you know, there's Cause it's, like it's a liquid it's M&M's. candy Let's milk. It. I mean, I, I'm, I'm drinking candy milk, right? I mean, what kid would be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Hold on. You feed us milk and you drink like Snickers <laughs> milk or yeah, because like, I have to I have to change it with toxic sludge known as coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> balance sure. it out somehow. <laughs> I, I should just make the deal. Look, look, if you're willing to drink coffee, I'm willing to give you this. Uh, and if they Man, take me up on that bluff, doing some, they're, they're going to be doing some chores for you for a lifetime. Yeah, you'd woo! think that's how it works, but you're not a parent, so you think that yeah, you, right, you think it'd be chores. It no. would just be like breaking things. It would be meltdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I like your idealism. Keep All right. All right. Well, what kind of matcha, something, something <laughs> green, herbal, something are you drinking? You're on the right uh, track. Uh, it's definitely green today. I'm drinking honey green tea by Honest Tea. Uh, it's just a tad sweet, like my personality. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, or not. Uh, but yeah, I uh, finished my chai for the day. So this is what I've been drinking since lunch. Well, yeah. I just cracked a slim can of my favorite Michelob Ultra. Hmm. Mostly so you guys can make fun of me and also because I just like it. And it's 90 calories a can in case I haven't mentioned that every single time I say I'm drinking Michelob I mean, Ultra. To everyone I tell I'm drinking Michelob Ultra. It's the only defense. I mean, you got to say it. Yeah, yeah but I think in, in all fairness, it's got less like fluid in it than a normal can. So it's probably less calories because it's not the <laughs> Because it's size. like 50% full. It's, the rest is air like a pop. Right. Uh, pop it could be bag. worse if they gave you more. That's hmm. true. That's true. Yeah. A good tagline. So, it could be worse if they gave you more event yeah. profs. Yeah, there you by, go. By the way, did you guys see, but I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but did you know that Mountain Dew is making an alcoholic beverage? Oh, yes. I saw it. Uh, it's definitely in my radar. That's on my radar. That comes, across <laughs> my, comes across my desk with my various Mountain Dew uh, Google alerts. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I, that actually is weekly. a joke, but it's believable. Uh, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the I think the number one tip I always say: What's the number one tool? Or, uh, every time I ever ask Nick, he's like, "Oh, I love Google Alerts." So, like, it, I have it, a lot totally of them. Believable. I have a lot of Google. Go alerts back to event too. icons where we first interviewed Nick for the first time, and you'll see that I am not lying. That, yeah, that what's, is true. what do you read? Like, tell me all the the cool websites that I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I read. I just read Google Alerts. I don't care where I get it. I just want to skim uh, topics I care about. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're doing a four loco. That's uh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, there is a root beer brand. What's a fairly popular root beer brand? Barks, uh, Mug, A W, Mug, Mug. So they have here. They have a spiked root beer. I think. Mm. Yeah, I think if the I, rules in Canada are like more relaxed a, than America with that. No, stuff. we're so really? we're brutal with alcohol here. We could only we only just a couple of years ago allowed um, infused spirits. Wow. So you, you couldn't get you couldn't get like did you have Zima over there? A, you couldn't get like a know. Mike's Hard Lemonade. You could, Mike's but that's not a normal lemonade. But that's not, that's a, not a thing. That's Same not thing. a yeah. I'm not gonna I'm gonna butcher this. So yeah, Canada is not as liberal, but you guys sell booze in gas stations Google. and grocery stores. Google. Oh yeah, so. used sure alcoholic beverages. Yeah, gas stations where you're pumping up your car and you're picking up your Folgers coffee and a six pack. That's it. <laughs> so if anyone's uh, paying attention in the show notes, uh, seven, uh, uh, eight, eight minutes thereabouts, that's where you want to uh, start uh, the episode uh, and fast forward past <laughs> this stuff. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're just doing an episode of kind of just like uh, this is the the news. We're skimming it and we're going to give you some some kind of like lightning round style uh, uh, feelings about things. One of the things that I've been paying a lot of attention to uh, because I was there for um, – uh, at the same time, it was going on, and I was I wasn't didn't go to it, but I was like on the periphery in Chicago. Uh, was uh, Lollapalooza? Uh, my wife and I just did a, a weekend in Chicago just because uh, to make up for a year of not doing that. And um, it was I mean just the just the amount of space they have for that thing is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so like they reported, it's been two weeks since then, and then they were like they had uh, I guess all out. Uh, amalgamated reports of uh, COVID-related uh, positives totaled to 200, which mm-hmm. if you have a feeling about that 200 at all, you're wrong because you're not, you don't have enough data to you know, put that next to anything. So let me give you the other part. 374,000 attendees and zero hospital visits because of COVID. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like an unmitigated success as far as I'm concerned. And I, I'm reading stuff from event professionals. They're like, wait till two more weeks. I'm like, guys, it's been two weeks. What, a um, month? Zero yeah. hospital. Like, yeah. does, does that how COVID works? A month later, yeah. you're like... <laughs> yeah, there, there seems to be this sort of like pitchfork want? action and want where it's like it's like we shouldn't be we shouldn't we just shouldn't be doing that and that's yeah. not you know and I, I wins and i think the 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 chicago festival what's the name can you say the name i know what it is but i'm just thinking lollapalooza lollapalooza yep. um i think that the thing that was so underreported was they were requiring proof of vaccination or a negative yep. test were they not and that's the one thing that nobody ever talked about there's like look at the crowd look at the crowd look at the crowd and it's like but yeah like, there, there's mm-hmm. there's measures Insane. in place are those exactly. measures they, they, are those measures going to be are those measures going to be perfect are people going to get through yeah of course but that's it's no different than all the other restrictions that are on us everywhere else so i think that the producers of that festival did their part to make it happen within the restrictions that were there they put safeguards in and obviously it's showing that it worked because those 200 cases yes yes i know that somebody will say well you know there was more than that and blah 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 but what it tells us is that this did not turn into a big event when it comes to 
infection. So good for them. Congrats. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are staggering. Uh, so, uh, uh, vaccinated attendees, uh, there were 127 amongst the vaccinated who were diagnosed uh, with COVID. So that's Were they point... dub- double vaxxed or one vax? Uh, that that's ma- a great question. That matters. I don't think anyone collects that data. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but that that's 0.04% or 4 in 10,000 attendees. Right. Uh, so, okay. Among, I mean, just, I just, I know that at the onset of uh, COVID, people were making all these unfair comparisons to the common cold. Um, and, and it was an unfair and, and, a, and a not useful and not helpful comparison, you know, in 2020, March. But now, I mean, if you say that, like, that's that's better than well, the cold. I've heard right? some festivals where people get food poisoning and more people get affected yeah. from it than, than it. For I think sure. one interesting thing that we do have to keep in mind, though, is though what's the secondary 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 effect of those who are then tra- traveling spreading COVID? Right. Granted, I like that no one's doing deep analysis on this 100 percent, but like. You know, I think the thing that we also just had to be careful with some of these events in the beginning was that someone gets COVID and then they had no idea they got it. And then they would go to like back to their nursing home and, you know, that sort Frequ- of issue. Frequently right? but, that's where they went back to. Yeah. I feel like we had a conversation. We talked about the wedding. What The wedding was the one that we talked about where like a ton of people died secondarily from it. Um, so I, I think that's one interesting thing about it. But again, I think we're at this point where, I mean, uh, you mentioned is like, no hospitalization. Like, that's the most important I mean, thing. That's, like, really it, right? Like, honestly, you could skip all those un- other numbers and say 374,000 people gathered in one place and no one got uh, sent to the hospital for that. That's that's a win any year, let alone, uh, you know, this year. And I think that, like, what's telling about it, like, that's, like, to me, that's, like, first off, take the win. You know, celebrate the win. That's take a great the win. win. Yes. Yeah, and like, don't don't go like onto the next like thing to try to find something because you've just discovered the phrase super spreader and you just want to use it. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it's uh, my my feeling is is that you know uh, we we can celebrate life and we can get together responsibly. And I didn't know that was the case, and I was definitely not advocating for that for for like all of last year. I was like, look, if it's you know, if it's borderline or if it's this or that, it's just not that. But like those numbers are so crazy. Zero in three hundred eighty-five thousand attendees went to the hospital because of because of COVID. That's like, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm, I might pivot completely off of this topic, so sure. I apologize. Like, That's feel free to doing. like drag it back in. But you know what really grinds my gears about a lot of like right now on social media with our industry is that people are looking for this kind of like article to just to post on there and be like, so do you think it was a good thing or a bad thing? And then like they do it to incite like a debate in their comments, which like obviously drives engagement. And we jokingly say about like how social media is used for all this sort of stuff. But like at some point too, like when are we literally not like we're, we're just literally just causing so much like uncertainty and continued conversation about it when in reality it should be, Hey, look! Wow, great! No one, no one got hospitalized because of um, mm-hmm. when they went to Lollapalooza. Like that should be it. But mm-hmm. I think like everyone wants to drive engagement up, mm-hmm. um, and maybe this is a larger social media issue in general, right? We've talked about like how misinformation is just super spreadable in terms of yeah. information. But like, just like why not? Just like why did like I saw this and I was like, oh wow, really interesting. And then kind of we talked about it a little internally in Slack, and then I was like, okay, cool, I'm good. 
Like I think that, that that's good information. But the social media that we're reading is driven by mainstream media. That's driven by social media. That's driven by mainstream media. So the mainstream media sees this big, packed, huge, and and they want to carry the story. And I don't want to get into like like where the media I think is like has created some of this mess for us. Is that that they they want the story to keep going. They want to talk about 200 people at Barack Obama's birthday party and how unsafe that is. They want to talk about because they need this to keep going. It's their new Trump. Have you seen the movie Nightcrawler? No, I really want no. to though. I want to. You though. definitely need to see that movie, but that like I think it's a good there's a you know there's this uh scene where the producers like, "All right, and so this is great. We can turn this into this, and then we can turn it into the night story about, like, is this continuing to happen? And then we turn it to tomorrow. They're still out there, right? And, yeah. like, it's this idea that, like, that's like how said, news it continues works. a story. Definitely tell, go they, watch. They news. definitely create a story, that's, and then they go that's out how, and they find the facts to support it. news entertainment works. That's totally, what news which is, is yeah, the predominant. <laughs> you guys form. really need to see Nightcrawler. I think you yeah, yeah, I would love it. to. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I, I, I was, like, trying to, like, explain this to my seven-year-old uh, when he was, like, <laughs> He asked me a question. He's like, have you ever been on the news? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what for? And I was like, uh, there's a couple different times. They're, 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 none of them are bad. But I was like, one of the times I was on uh, because it was a story about Pinterest. And they wanted to show that men could go on Pinterest. So they wrote the story ahead of time. And then they went oh, out Nick. and they, they asked agency. I know. So they asked agencies. <laughs> this was like ooh, seven years ago. Um, probably the last time I was on Pinterest and they, uh, they went to agencies in, in town and everyone, all the guys were like, no, no. And then someone gave him my name. They're like, he's on everything, you know? And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I manage some accounts that have like, uh, social, you know, events and like weddings and stuff like that. So like, I'm familiar with it and I use things myself in order to get acclimated. So sure. Yeah. So they did it and then they, they shot the commercials for it. Uh, afterwards, and I was like, you know, after I did the interview, and they're like, men are coming into a women's social media account. Find out why and what you need to know. Oh <laughs> I was god. like, oh my god! <laughs> Safeguard. It definitely made me sound like I was like pervert uh, peeps yeah. on women in their totally. restroom. Safeguard your daughters. Men are coming into their social media. <laughs> social they're media. coming for your pins. <laughs> I was like, well, hundreds of millions of people, including me, are on this thing. But okay, I'm. So it's like the, the sensationalism <laughs> is like the only angle. They're like, that's a boring story. How do we make that not be a boring story? Yeah. Uh, we could potentially position it as such with a huge stretch that it's like some kind of like, you know, like creeped out thing or like, what do these text messages mean that your kids are giving? You know, you know, like find out at eleven, and you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And I think that, like, right now in the events industry, I think we ape a lot, a lot of those behaviors. Like, even amongst these other and like B two B circles, mm-hmm. I think that we just know that that's how you put things out there that gets traction. You know, because yeah. no one wants to be boring. And I think that like uh, the picture tells a thousand words. It's like or, you know, whatever a, a picture you know is a thousand words or whatever. Uh, yeah, but like it, without the context, it's, we're having it's, the same fucking conversation we were having a year ago about yeah. pictures and context and yeah. not not telling the whole story this is this not telling the whole story about the requirement for vaccination to go to this festival not telling the whole story about how 200 is a win it's the same shit we were talking about about somebody snapping a picture at a conference when somebody had their mask down and making a big deal about it and it's the same fucking conversation the olympics so like to pivot a little bit but be inside of like in the similar like vein like the olympics closed and like it seems like that was no no super spreader event either and they and they now they limited 
uh, a lot of things and made a lot of adjustments, I think, in a way that was, you know, obviously not the full potential money making opportunity and all the other things oh, they, that, they, they that got, could be. They got screwed. Yeah, and for I sure. think, and I think they had to overdo it because of the the eyes that were on them. Uh, I don't, I don't, the whole world, right? I don't believe that those stands needed to sit empty to keep people safe. I think there was a way to do it's it, optics. but there was there was no way for them to move forward because of the optics, and that sucks. That sucks for the athletes. It sucks for the Olympics. It sucks for the residents but imagine, of Japan that had probably been putting up a bullshit for four years to get to the oh, Olympics. Oh, I can't even, and <laughs> they didn't get to no enjoy been, it, and that pisses yeah. me off. I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, you know how much it takes yeah. uh, from a from a sponsorship, from uh, people who just have to like take it, you know, in order to they got uh, their houses bulled down, bulldozed down, and all the other <laughs> shit that happens to the Olympics for like a for like nothing. Like they're they're not going to. Yeah. It's not going to drive business. It, it didn't. I mean, uh, hosting the Olympics is a a, a massive money loss uh, loss leading you know thing anyway for tourism. Like the idea totally. is that mm-hmm. you're going to get you know, really buried by this initially, but then hopefully what moves forward out of it is uh, attraction of, you know, uh, being seen in a new light or, or having people have interest in something that lasts decades. Leisure travel conferences, incentive trips. Like that's what you get out of this in the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Vancouver, Vancouver still Vancouver, you know, up until COVID, they still are living the Olympic legacy. It still is coming in because they host it. It puts you on the world stage. It does such incredible things for your economy and, it's mm-hmm. really, it's really shitty that Japan didn't get to do it the way I know they would have done it, and they would have done an incredible job. And I think, and I think they did do an incredible job from an event. I, I perspective. hope that they have a legacy though that is positive, um, because of like the the world where this event is a super spreader, and they go, you know, all crazy, and they do anything, they just let things happen the way it was, and that that world would have made Japan this kind of toxic. Uh, place mm-hmm. where it's like I don't want to go. You know, you're in 2025, and you're like, I don't want to go to Japan. That's the place that doesn't care about yeah. health and safety. You're like that would be the lasting legacy of right. that event. And and in in fact, like there is like you know uh, not there was no emergency. There was not you know it wasn't this like that. That's not the legacy yeah. of it. But I hope that the legacy do they is get, not just do they get the accolades of successfully pulling I off? No, I hope they do. I hope they everyone hope that's they listening do. take your business to Japan for the next three years. Thank them yeah. for all that they did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought they were extremely responsible. I mean, like there's the variables associated with pooling off that. I mean, if you're thinking about uh, what's the destination that, uh, you know, with my, you know, quirks or whatever that can accommodate that. Well, you're not going to, you know, beat uh, pandemic, uh, you know, global games uh that so therefore like uh, i think you're gonna be fine in the hands of japan like they yeah. they handled probably the worst case scenario as far as hosting something yeah. and, you know what's really interesting like did you guys ever notice how it's super weird like their commitment to the fact that it was supposed to happen in 2020 yeah my all wife their signage like, did they mess up the 2020 all they the graphics all like tv graphics like it was the, so interesting to me the though, hash, because, like, the hashtag didn't change the yeah. hashtag yeah. didn't change yeah. they were yeah. like this is still the 2020 olympics even Good though it them. happened in 2021 like so that, that's gonna be forever it. a trivia question what year yeah. did the olympics happen oh, what year did the 2020 olympics happen in japan yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be like forever, like our children are going to lose great. that trivia question because they're going to be like, 2020? Yeah, what? Glad that, I'm it glad happened a year later? It. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that pandemic thing our parents had to go through. I think it makes a <laughs> statement in itself and it reminds people about resiliency and forging forward. I'm, I'm sure they, they saved a mil- millions of dollars in printing oh, costs as well. I, 
I am very sure. I think it's also they want to be able to have a record over time. And, where and they are the 2020 host, right? Like that's right. It, the Olympics happen every four people. years, yeah. Every four years, yeah, yeah. Because then, want... yeah, then imagine being the 2025, Olymp- 2024 Olympics, and everyone's like, wait, shouldn't this be 2025? What's going on? Yeah, I, I think they just want, I mean, they have already, which most events can't claim to have, uh, multi-century uh, continuity, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, like, to yeah. be able to have a list of, like, oh, this is your 10th annual event. Oh, how exciting. You know, this yeah. is this is something the, where one of the hosts was Hitler. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's it's been around. Yeah. You know, so you, you mean the, they've had you can't the, beat that year as far as bad years. The puppy yeah, and bubbles ball chance. doesn't have the same legacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Gatsby uh, uh, brunch Gat- or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so like to me, it's like so the the news are it's all like right now it's kind of like it's seemingly the event news. It's all like you know uh, travel and uh, and issues associated with COVID and and that kind of stuff. Then there's um, acquisition news, which I'm telling you is like it's back in maybe even faster and bigger than it was uh, in like 2018. where I was like, I well, was like, like thinking it was like the year, the age of acquisitions. Who's buying who? I'd say it's it's because like Give I think what tea. happened is there's this curve. This like so we were, everybody was going uphill, 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 getting ready to be like, yeah, we're just gonna keep climbing. And I think the last three months, everyone stalled. I do like, too. If, I, I, I'll tell I you why. Anybody, I think everyone From who's an inside perspective. Like, yeah. Well, well, real quick, I, I wanted to mention like we talk about like not mentioning how people are busy, but like. I think like we all, everybody felt this like huge momentum building up if you were busy like the last year and then now it's like kind of stalled out and people are kind of like, well, am I about to see a decline? And I think that's why you're seeing a ton of acquisition happen. So it, I want to know from the insider's perspective on, on your end. On the, we're probably talking event tech. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. And before there was acquisition. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that's the only thing being bought and sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I mean. There was there was acquisitions that Everything was happening. Everything else just dying. Yeah. Between, the, yeah, the, between, like, the offers aren't rolling in for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, yeah. no, two two West events, mm-hmm. <laughs> and any any West events. Sure, uh, zero West events. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's okay. 20, 2015, 2018, 2018, there was acquisitions happening at all levels. Like I was seeing uh, event design uh, organizations, uh, you know, merging. I was seeing uh, certainly audiovisual in a big way. Uh, lots of acquisitions happening there. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, to whoever was that actually sorry to everyone on this call uh, and then uh, have a lot of friends that got uh, sort of washed away into uh, a big void um, and then uh, and then it kind of obviously there wasn't much and then it became you know often on technology was pretty consistent and then it obviously dropped and then what happened last year was uh, there was all of these uh, tech pivots where where there was different technologies but primarily event apps uh, who bolted on um, a kind of Zoom-like functionality and called themselves virtual event platforms. Uh, and every single event in the world, if it wanted to happen, had to have a, happen on a virtual platform. So uh, all the venues were out of all the money and all the virtual platforms got all that money uh, 100%. So like there, there was no losing. Like If you had a really mediocre, weak proposition and like a semi-decent salesperson, you could absolutely... Uh, you know, do pretty well in 2020, right? Like people needed immediate solutions. They had short buying cycles, didn't have a lot of education, and it didn't take much to have a really like I have as much as 300 uh, virtual event platforms in my list of uh, platforms that exist. 
which is nuts, uh, a category that was not a significant category prior to last year, uh, <laughs> and now there's a glut. So what happened is is that people then said, okay, you know, this uh, I have some time to research, read up about this. I know what I'm going to buy. I'm going to have you know six to eight months to actually make this uh, you know happen for my event, and. Um, then they started getting choosy and then people got left in the dust as, you know, uh, that's how the free market works finally is that, you know, the, the good the rises up to the top or at least the people with the most money, et cetera. And then what happened is, is that there were some interesting technologies within some of those platforms that would be valuable to the ones that were, you know, maintaining and, and uh, keeping the, the top uh, market share. Uh, and for them to grow even more at the top where it was getting more and more competitive, they needed to have additional rounds of funding uh, and they needed to add in other technologies in order to make their technology more um, you know, robust. Uh, so you couple that with the fact that in summer, in June specifically, I started noticing because I, you know, I experienced it as well, uh, is that your leads went way down. Uh, and that's because that happens every summer. You know, like I was, I was talking to people I know, even at, at uh, WEC, like that are in other platforms, and like, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, guys, you've you're you're new to this thing. That's what happens. There's not a lot of corporate purchasing uh, that takes place between June, July, and like you know August. It's it's going to dip. And keep well, in well, mind, pa- pa- pair that too with the fact that like everyone was like, well, I don't know if I want to commit to virtual, hundred percent, all in person, all yeah. That sort of stuff. It was it, yeah. On top of it being maybe the most uncertain time, it was pretty certain all through 2020 you were going to use a virtual platform. All of a sudden, it wasn't certain. Things were positive looking, you know, for uh, to live events. But keep in mind. You, Dustin, you will, you probably don't sweat that as much as event technology companies do because you go, you have a bad June. I'll have a great September, whatever. But when you have investors, there is no bad June. You can't get, you because it's all about AR, MMR, well, primary MMR, monthly recurring revenue. Yep. And it's not, in addition to that, it's all about really just showing that you have, you're trending upwards consistently. You're like, oh man, what's, what went wrong with our business? We, we trended down in June. It's like, it was June. Yeah, no, we, we and, trended. We turned it down in August <laughs> on yeah, my exactly. event, my event platform. Oh, yeah, you're shocker. Like, well, yeah, big shocker, right? But I'm I'm literally having to explain that to people, and I'm like, no, that's that's what I know. You guys are all new to this industry, and you're also you're experiencing one year that was, you know, you couldn't have done. Uh, even if you did a really poor job, you still would have succeeded because people had to use your platform. They had no choice. Um, this is You're starting to get inch into the real world now. In the real world, there's buying cycles, and they're not 100% every month, and they don't increase every month. So yeah. you know, buckle not, up. And you're not as necessary as you were. Now there's other yeah, options. So you were the only option. When you talk option. to your investors, and do you know when I knew it, when, when it was like the, the fever pitch of it, is I think it was, it was July 7th. So July 7th, hop in. Wow. And swap card. Um, so they they both have these big webinars aimed at event professionals on the same day. And I'm like, oh, they didn't realize they were both on the same day. It's like, no, they probably moved too fast. And and one of them had uh, Ariana Huffington and the other one had Malala on the same day. And I'm like, that's a real. And they, they all started like marketing it like really close to like when it happened. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a punt. Like mm-hmm. this is a. We've got more money than we know what to do with, but all we have to do is show our investors that we're making more money every single month. And uh, we're getting a shit ton of leads in that, that month. That so we're churning, right? I'm sure they had a lot of bad leads they were probably paying a lot of extra money for, where I'm like trying to explain to everybody, I'm like, meh, let's just spend less money because the, the leads are not going to be as good. Let's invest in branding. Like, let's, like, this is, let's, let's set this up for long-term success, not yeah, just flash the pin. Yeah, and then just explain that to you know investors and board and say, like, this is the case. 
that's what they couldn't do because they just didn't have the insider knowledge because they're not event professionals. <laughs> like they haven't been around for a year. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it was, I'm seeing like, all, now I'm seeing like, that's kind of, uh, like that fear and like the, all that stuff on the big ones, like Cvent, uh, and like hop in, they're just buying people. Cause they're like, okay, we need to win this month. What's their they win? They literally have so much money. They don't even know what to do with they, it. They really, I'm telling you, that's, that's not even an exaggeration. There, there are people in that company for sure that are like, I have to spend money this month and I don't know how I have to yeah. spend like a lot of money. Uh, and they don't want it to come back to them months later, but like, so like Cvent, I mean, they went they went public again, which is interesting. Uh, they got appraised at like I think it's like five billion uh, evaluation. Um, so like they're you know, and that was that was post a bunch of uh, acquisitions to get them to that point. Um, but uh, Zoom invested in them, which is interesting because Zoom Zoom's like, all right, let's think about this. You know, we cornered this market to a degree. Um, but, uh, we're starting to see our use in events wane because we're not really set up for this. Like it's not right. really what that platform is built for. Mm, right. So they're, they're doing that. There's a lot of hedge betting. Like, and I, and hop in mm-hmm. with LinkedIn did the same thing. LinkedIn's like, well, we've got Skype for some reason. Uh, we've got teams, we've all these other things, but like, meanwhile, like no one considers like, uh, those things event solutions. And meanwhile, hop in has that kind of covered. So like, let's. Let's have a marriage of convenience. So if you're having a communication or having conversations via video and any for any reason, be it, you know, a uh, internal team organization, be it a a one to one conversation, be it a uh, mass gathering, we're your solution within these inner family. Um, And that's just what those companies do at that level is just they worry about market share. So that's the other thing I'm noticing is like this this whole like. Uh, end-to-end solution being like uh, once again mm-hmm. similar like the event apps of like you know 2010 to 15 where uh, that was the vogue it was less about best in class and more about end-to-end solution um, I think that like that's that's where we're going to be seeing a lot of like the you know the the meat and potatoes uh, virtual platform it- setting if you like these, this topic, by the way, um, we did an episode on uh, Event Tech Podcast all about acquisitions and kind of how we talk about how um, th- this happens where like some like, yeah, just the acquisitions happen like crazy. And the, also we talk, I think we did a whole episode on like venture capital and just the idea that like just because they have a ton of money doesn't mean necessarily good things. It means they're going to grow really, really fast, but it's all cyclical and cyclical. So that's cyclical. I can't talk today, but just look at like Double Dutch, right? Like, yep. if you haven't, if you haven't heard the story of Double Dutch, then go check out that episode. And that another interesting one, I think, to think about too, like you said, is that when it comes to the these technology companies, is that they're gonna they're gonna try to like grow and grow to be one master solution. But you also have to think to yourself, yeah, like Jack of all trades, master of none. So mm. I'm just we got we got some good examples of that. Show in the notes, world, I'm don't including we? links to links. Say again. Yeah. I said we've got Staying some examples of how that doesn't work. And I just want to <laughs> yeah. say, oh, yeah. well, Nick and I talked about this earlier, and we're really tired of you using our podcast to plug your other podcasts. So if you could knock <laughs> that off. <laughs> no, I'm just, really I'm, just, right. I'm just mentioning okay. it so then the people, if that, they want to go to that one. That's hey, twice, I mentioned, twice I, in one podcast. You don't know because you don't listen to that podcast, but I constantly plug this podcast on that podcast. Our I podcast. Just like, like tw- I just like, I twine twine them all together. Okay, I just thought Speaking of that twine, twine oh. even raised... Uh, uh, Three million dollars in seed fund, uh, and that's the former Double Dutch uh, founder of uh, to make a connection. 
in the last like couple months, and uh, they are a, in my opinion, a best in class solution. Yeah, as yeah, opposed to an all focus. things to all people. Yeah, it's super for now, focus. and then they get a bunch of money, I, and then they realize they can't grow, and they buy people. I I, <laughs> I I agree. I mean, I don't know the I don't know the the trajectory or whatever. I had a conversation with their team. Uh, not too long ago, you know, just to see like where they're going and kind of, you know, that, I'm, I'm really interested potentially if there's any opportunities to collaborate. Um, but I think they have like, they're one of the few that I'm like, Oh, they're really focused on the networking angle and mm-hmm. getting that down and figuring that out. Um, or they get acquired by someone else. That also is the case of what's going to happen. It might be right. I mean, I think that's probably <laughs> show flow. Yeah. Yeah. Show flow. That's right. That yeah. was, that was last week, right? Yeah, last week, yeah, they got acquired by CFET. It's like, SoFlo, I love him. Steven's incredible, though. So, like, I'm not allowed to dog. He, like, he deserves a huge win uh, yeah. um, and everything. But, you know, like, it's one of those tools. It was best in class. It did one thing. It didn't. It stayed in its lane. And then. All right, listeners. I mean, I'm going to reel these two geeks in. You guys are like, <laughs> you guys are far too into the tech land without specifics. Either get specific or move on. I mean. Yeah, I, I can't get that specific because, like, literally, uh, I, I, we have people on the payroll who just pay attention to these companies doing these <laughs> things. But uh, suffice to say, um, it's not it. There, there's there's a lot of activity happening in the events world for sure, which is um, good. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. There's one area where I would say disproportionately is suffering uh, unequivocally, and that's labor. Like, I, oh. I really think that. Like, oh yeah, Jesus! I can't hear people fast enough. That's the other story. So if the story is like, and and they're all related, it's just funny, right? Like, you know, technology, uh, COVID and health safety, and then labor. They're all intricately, you know, interconnected. But boy, is that an issue. Everything we worried about last year when it came to the labor pool is coming true. People are leaving our industry in mass. They've been forced to go find a new job or a new career, whatever they want to call it, elsewhere. I think a lot of them are looking back being like, hey, I got benefits and stable pay and a regular regular hours. And Wait, I'm not this isn't so bad. To take care of my own other, other industries have uh, sort of figured this out. And uh, the yeah. draconian values of the events yeah. industry are yeah. not necessarily the only way to go. Yeah. And now we're facing shortage of labor. We're facing, I think, what's going to be a crippling amount of inexperience in mm-hmm. how we're replacing those people. And I think that mm-hmm. there's, you know, there, there is this great opportunity for us to turn turn this around into a better stronger event prof community but i do worry about how we're acquiring people now now we're having to take anybody that'll take a job in the in our industry and that's not the way we wanted to do this and um yeah i think i think we've got we've got an interesting road ahead i'm wondering if it'll be good for us in some ways though to get like new fresh eyes and to like do all new things right so there's that that little bit bit of it but no it's 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 definitely struggling i'm noticing that are we are we prepared are we prepared to onboard new fresh eyes is as an industry, are we prepared to turn over at the rate we're turning over and bringing these people in? But so, I agree with you, but as, if they're not coming into a structure, if they're not coming into an yes, industry that is yeah. ready for them, I think we're going to end up in the same spot we were in before. And I don't mean to be, to be glib about that, but that, that, yeah. that is the reality is now it's, you know, now we're at kind of at a race to the bottom. And I think that that was our opportunity and we might've spoiled it. I mean, it's a good point. I mean, we're talking about how people don't understand the cyclical nature of the year of an event, the events industry. They're just used to, you know, constant MMR increases month over month. Yeah. Um, I think one interesting thing, piece of it too, is that like, to, as this ties in, let's just talk about keep twining things together. Is that, um, <laughs> is that if you, 
if we Are they a sponsor? <laughs> no, like no. <laughs> I, I, really, I forgot that Lawrence's company is called Twine yeah, until yeah. you literally said it. I was like, um, but no, I was just thinking like the, these larger companies too. I've noticed this in my hiring cycle. Cool cycle is that we we literally sometimes can't get people because all these bigger companies are just hiring like crazy. Right. And the the ones that were really big that somehow Jesus somehow survived the last year are now going. Oh well. Come back, come back, come back, come back. We'll pay you the exact same thing we're paying you. Please come back, come back, come back, come back. Tell you what's going to change. I tell you what's going to change. This new work, this new workforce is going to hold us to task to a better work-life balance. The days, Mm -hmm. the days of working like a dog, the days of of this sort of morning till night, sun up till sundown work is going to change because this new workforce that's coming in and that is going to be the consequence of us turning over the work pool is that that there's going to be a bigger demand for us to be more responsible in the way we treat our employees and the work that they do. So if we weren't prepared for that to happen, prepared in our fees, prepared in our structure, prepared in our benefits, then there's going to be a lot of rude awakening for a lot of business owners out there. I mean, I've read this before and I think it's succinctly said, we don't actually have a labor crisis. What we have is a compensation crisis. And like the, the labor crisis, there, there is enough human beings. There are right. enough people. It's not, it's not like the pool is, is you know, like the, we didn't have a decimated uh, population. What we have is a, a proposition that is not attractive. Agree. And years and years and years of many of the people on this podcast and also many people we know banging the drum of like, hey, we shouldn't be in the top most stressful jobs. This is terrible. We, I mean, we said that ad nauseum. I mean, I, on, on so many platforms in so many different countries at this point, uh, like I've personally experienced that, that um, I still don't think it ever got out or it really ever hit people that like that's not a badge of honor. It's it's a real, um, you know, uh, chance for us to, to fall. And now I think that was it. I think that, that we if we had built something that could withstand this. Um, based on all the talks and all it the things you're saying, withstood this. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. that. We we built yeah. a house of straw, right? Or, or, mm-hmm. or maybe even sticks, but probably straw. And <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> we uh, we we went up against something, and people were like, you know, no. And it's not just us. Like there is a bunch of other industries uh, who are are in you know the same boat as us. Um, and they're generally all around the idea of hospitality. Like, but but there's also ones too. Retail's hitting pretty hard. Uh, mm-hmm. you, I can only mostly speak for the U.S., although the, some of this stuff is is pretty common. There's a lot of jobs where we we say we you know we value them. Actually, we just take that back. We didn't value them that much because we said these are transient. These are jobs where you springboard. Right. These are opportunities. But when they were gone, now we're like, wow, I might I have to wait in line for my you know my uh, McDonald's and, and you're like. <laughs> Well, Uber prices have gone up tremendously. Yeah, yeah, I see people complaining about that, and I'm like, guys, like you, 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 you wanted it was it the cheap, fast, and you know, uh, good rule? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, big two. You, you've had a generation of two of those things, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know what you expect. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I think ultimately we're in this kind of like triangle now. Uh, that's like the period in time we're at right now where. Um, Everything is like you move one and the other one pushes, right? So uh, we we take the the virus comes in or health and safety comes in or the idea of a live event seems like it's too risky of a proposition based on reality, based on optics, whatever. And that's when millions and millions of dollars come in to uh, to service the potential that is a vacuum 
in the place of virtual events. Uh, and then in addition, and while those rise, then there's less face-to-face events happening, which means there's less income, which means there's more uh, displaced workers uh, who are going out and finding other better jobs to have in almost any other industry. Mm-hmm. And they're all, it's all this knock-on effect, but like uh, none of it looks really good for live events. Mm-hmm. And like uh, speaking as somebody who works now, you know, uh, with, uh, I mean, our company does things for live events, obviously, you know, it's a, it's probably still the biggest part of our, uh, portfolio. Um, but we, you know, obviously we're in the, in the world of virtual events, no matter what side I look at that, uh, of our product range, a, a healthy live events industry is, is in our best interest. I'm mm-hmm. speaking exclusively from the, the, the stand, like the pulpit of a virtual event, like all virtual events, whether they know it or not, in my opinion, and most of them probably don't believe you know, are on the same page with me on this one. Uh, a healthy live events industry is good for your long-term value. It of really course. is. Yeah. Uh, and we know everyone like that pendulum is going to swing to the point where even all this infusion of money and things coming in for the virtual events, people are going to start looking to spend their money on advertising or some other thing that's always been out there trying to gobble up client money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There isn't labor shortages when when you're talking about buying google ads and people who place google ads make good money and they don't leave and they have work good like work life balances like our our threat has never been and and when they leave the next person can take over instantly instantly it's a system and it's organized and it's it's trainable and it's potentially automated you can use the third world there's lots of opportunities right uh and I think that like that's the the threat isn't. I don't think the, the live events have ever had the threat uh, that they are facing right now, or even events in general yeah. of of the reality that like budgets can cut you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Positive note. Do we end on one. Uh, nah, <laughs> uh, well, I will. I will say this ever. as a bus- as a business. It's owner, not too late. We're we're trying to we're trying to rebuild our operations team, so our frontline team. And there, it's really rough. Like we're putting ads out there. We're used to getting a hundred resumes. We're getting two. And for the first time ever, I've taken all of that and handed it over to my marketing company and said, we need to fix the way people are reading about us. We need to get them excited about coming and entering this type of job. And then it's like looking at the compensation, looking at why is the benefits package different for our frontline team than it is for our management team? Should that be that way anymore? And, and, and that, that is good. That is good ultimately. And is it going to cost the business more at the end of the day yes but it won't cost us nearly as much as not having the team we need to do the job that needs to be done so i think i think there's an opportunity in this and i think nick is right i think there's just there's a value issue here and we need to we need to address it and we need to make this a more attractive place to work we need to stop working people like dogs like time is unlimited and and this this is our time to change and that means it's going to hit the bottom line and we've got to find ways to make that work and i trust we will and and our clients need to understand that things are going to get more expensive because we're going to treat people better and we're going to do better as employers. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that like, um, that if, if, if I can get you guys to commit to an episode somewhere down the line, I think we have to figure out and crack how we can reposition the events industry, uh, as, as, as the most attractive place to work again, but with a new set of eyes, there needs to be some momentum on, on the uh, focusing on the PR, uh, 
proposition for the events industry. Um, and instead of talking to ourselves about how meetings mean business, I think we need to talk about how meetings are made and why that is fulfilling and valuable. I think we need to first pull the oxygen down on ourselves before we start thinking about how we can broadcast to the world because yeah. we're not ready. You know, like yeah. the, the team that's out there right now, well, the, the people that we have as far as uh, who's left can't go back to 2019 right, right. now. So right. we need to be able to build ourselves up first, uh, even though years and years of saying, like, how do we talk to the rest of the world? Um, I think we got to get ourselves straight and take this opportunity to recon, you know, right. reconfigure ourselves. Yeah. Well, step one, step Preach. one. This isn't we don't do this because we love it. We want people to do this because it is affords them a good quality of life. We want people to do this, not because it's like I think we rely too much on these people that are passionate about this and we gotta get out of that. That's not that's not what's gonna gonna help us recover. That's not what's gonna help us create good long term solid industry. We need to get out of this sort of like passion project that is events and turn these into real businesses with real careers that people find themselves becoming quite successful in and that can take care of their families, that can see a path forward. And that's that's number one. And that stuff that stuff every business owner can start working on today. We don't need we don't need somebody to come and tell us how to do that. Take a look within your business. If you're not a business owner, start having the conversations with the people that are and start building a better, stronger business for your employees and you'll get paid off in the end. It will all come back around in the end. It always does. Yeah, that's great. So um, maybe that's something that we can talk about uh, with uh, your questions or comments that you have with us uh, in between email, social media, and all that fun stuff uh, at uh, eventbrew at endlessevents.com. Terrible. Hello. He- hello. Ter- and, terrible. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, welcome to uh, Endless. I thought you did a great uh, job. Uh, no, it's not the it's, it's not. the website. It's the it's it, there's like all these extra words. I think it's eventbrew at helloendless dot com. There it is. That's the one. It's not event oh gosh, hello so... at endless. And Dustin gets a raise and Nick Thank gets you. demoted. I get all uh, that. Yeah, take, all the I'll take a ten percent pay cut uh for the for the team. Uh <laughs> for the for the sorry, tenth time. It's a, it's a long day. Now it's even, evening out the pay scale. Uh, ah, yeah. you guys are fine. <laughs> exactly, Dustin. exactly. I get we get paid by the uh, the minute we talk, so uh, I'm I'm it's doing true. great. We're gonna drag this out. <laughs> the goodbyes are gonna be really slow today. Yeah, but yeah, we let gotta... us know what you think. Uh, you know, the events industry could do because I think that that has that some merits potentially. You know, us to unpack on an event. What do we need to do to uh, who, what what allegiances or alliances can we make uh, with other industries? What's what's our message? What's our what's our brand uh, mm-hmm. that would be attractive to the next generation? Uh, of uh, of people that we desperately need, um, yeah. and I think that like the old guard needs to get on board with that, uh, or get out of the way. I think as three business owners that are on this podcast every week, it's we we want. I would love to hear from people that are that work in this industry and work for other people. Like what what is it that you need to change? And that's the type of stuff that I think we can talk about because there's always it's always going to be a skewed view from the three of us because we're. You know, I, I know that Nick works for somebody, but he's he's entrepreneurial at heart. And um, yeah, so write us and tell us what what grinds your gears. What can we do better as an as an industry to make this a more attractive place to work? Can't wait for that one. Yeah, and bombard cool. us by the emails like you always do. It's overwhelming. <laughs> we can barely get back to them. Yeah, it's a full time job. It's a full time job. <laughs> Time. Okay, well, <laughs> I think we landed the uh, plane, uh, and we only eight minutes on uh, on beverage talk, so that's pretty good. Uh, I feel, but we did go nineteen like... minutes over our goal today. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So, but minus the eight-minute beverage talk, so we're only eleven minutes over. Yeah, not bad. Plus whatever it's we're doing bad. right now. Yeah, and this bullshit right here. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think I think we're definitely out of steam. So uh, let's uh, let's let's go on to the next thing. Bye. 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 Is that our outro? Just like that. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you, you did the on email the thing. thing. You did the email thing. I did the email That's all thing. we do. Yeah. And then the then I'm the guy. Boxes. We need to change the guy's voice. I've decided we need some diversity. I want a woman's voice next. Okay. Get on that, Will. Get on fiber. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew. Event Brew.